Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. The Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. Bills fans have been talking for years. Why don't the Chiefs ever have to come to Buffalo to play? Well, now they do. They have to come to Buffalo at Highmark Stadium. This is what you've asked for. This is your opportunity to shine, Bills Bob. Yet I, I have a feeling that place is going to be rocky. Well, they're the reigning Super Bowl world champs. Uh, they're a phenomenal football team with a phenomenal coach and a phenomenal quarterback and some phenomenal players. Bills Mafia, you have to have this game. You cannot lose this game. You cannot lose to KC again. Mike Danger. A lot of injuries for the Buffalo yep. Bills here to kind of overcome Gene Battaglia. The Bills will go as far as 17 goes, and ultimately, it really is can 17 play to his best ability. Yep. And this week is going to be a much more difficult test where the Chiefs, their defense, as we know, are very, very stout. No game tonight. Sabres and Hawks postponed until 7 p.m. Thursday evening. Amherst Hockey, tonight at 7. We're going to need a really strong competitive effort across the board tonight give ourselves a good chance to win. 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan, Rochester. Welcome back to the Sports Bar. Danger of Bataglia. Glad you're with us. Inviting you to join us as we take the show live. That's coming up Friday. Friday afternoon, 3 to 6. Friday, Football Talk Live. You know where we're going. Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue. Great beer. And our friends from Good Smoke will be providing... The delicious barbecue. So you've got oh. great beer, delicious barbecue, and two guys talking Bills and Chiefs to kick off your sports weekend. The Bills are undefeated on the weeks where we do a Friday football talk live. You know I love some, myself some good smoke. So great that Brian uh, coming over and you know we're going to be sampling that. So we're going to load you up. Also, if you're a Nighthawk fan, uh, a few of the players will be stopping by too. So where where, where else can you kind of get this opportunity where you can you know watch a show, mingle with pro athletes, and just uh, it's a great way to start what could be. A phenomenal weekend here for Buffalo Bills well, fans. The divisional round weekend is elite football, right? I mean, like that championship Sunday is kind of, it's great, but it's a letdown because it's only Sunday. But you've got the four games this weekend, and the, the divisional round rarely lets you down. It, it, it's the best round, in my opinion. I, I think it's better than the Super Bowl, certainly. I think it's better than the championship games. And one of these games are going to come back and be like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it happened. Now, I'm going to ask you the question I asked Alex, Alex Brasky because I don't know the last time we've had four home teams kind of move along. And that's what kind of should make you a little nervous about this week. If you're answering the question honestly, Mike Danger, of the four road teams, which one is most likely to win? Uh, For me, it's Houston. What? Yeah. What? Really? Yeah. Really? Uh, I'm not a big analytics guy. I'm an eye test guy. But I did see this cross my feed, and it, it kind of makes me curious. Lamar Jackson 
uh, is, oh man, I don't want to screw it up. I need a second. There was a stat on Lamar Jackson and his DVOA. Well, it, it, like he's had some stinkers. He, the Chargers played, what was that game? They played eight defensive backs and they couldn't decipher it and bad loss for him. Uh, the, the Tennessee game, do you remember that one? Baltimore was a one seed and Tennessee went in there. Uh, that was a disappointment. And then certainly the game in Buffalo where he got knocked out. And they have the pick six by Theron Johnson, which, by the way, uh, today being the three-year anniversary of that uh, great pick six, uh, many think that that's the best playing uh, defensive play in Buffalo Bills history. I don't want to. I don't want to say the, the stat wrong, but it was something along the lines of Lamar Jackson's DVOA is the worst DVOA of any of the remaining playoff quarterbacks. Hmm. So this isn't anything to do with postseason. Interesting. Um, well, that's what I, okay. Let me, let me dig it up. Okay. The point being though, that Lamar has to show you, is he the, is he the one player that you need to kind of prove it a little bit here this postseason? I would think, yeah, you're the MVP. Now you got to play like it in the postseason. Okay. So the question is asked, is Lamar Jackson the worst quarterback in playoff history? The worst quarterback in playoff history by DVOA. Lamar Jackson. Yeah, because th- those two games are terrible. The Charger yeah. game, which, okay, he's a rookie. Cut him a little slack there, I suppose. But the Tennessee game was mind-numbing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, I kind of like Houston. <laughs> I don't know. Houston, to me, feels like they, they're going to go in loose. I think C.J. Stroud is... He can have his way. Hey, look, it could be a completely one-sided affair, and Baltimore could absolutely put their foot on their neck. But if you're asking me the question, the, the the one that I see where they could surprise a lot of people, it's Houston going into Baltimore and and beating the Ravens. Who would you say is the best quarterback the last two months? Might be Jordan Love. Mm-hmm. I mean, Jordan Love going into San Francisco, and I like if you're just doing the quarterback comparison. Sure, Brock Purdy is going to get MVP votes, but I'm going to give Green Bay a shot in that game, even as a seven seed going to play the one. I can't, I can't bring myself to do that, Gino. I don't anticipate you, Mr. Chicago Bear fan, to do that. Were you elite? What, what was your mood? What was your reaction? We haven't talked since then because I was watching with uh, my family, a bunch of friends, yeah. and we're just laughing. It's like, oh my gosh, a pick six? Like, how much worse could this get yeah. for the Cowboys? No, the Cowboys were an absolute joke, and we've been saying it all year. And if you're a Cowboy fan, you know it to be true. The letdown is there. And what's going to be awesome to watch, and I, you know, I'm kind of rooting for this to happen. I don't know that it will, but I'm kind of rooting for it to happen. I'm rooting for Jerry Jones to move on from McCarthy and bring in Bill Belichick as if that's going to be the thing that makes Dallas, that, that lifts them over this hump. It won't. It won't. I am looking forward to McCarthy staying, Belichick ending up somewhere and having a little bit of success. And then everybody, every Cowboy fan saying, see, see, that's what, yep. They're, they're in a no-win situation. Yeah. yeah. I, I think it's interesting that Belichick interviewed with Atlanta. I think it's interesting that Atlanta also interviewed Jim Harbaugh. Like Atlanta's making it known we want to interview these big-name guys. And I don't know that either of those guys are going to be the difference for the Atlanta Falcons. I think Harbaugh, he would play in Atlanta. Bringing like the 
top college coach not named Nick Saban to Atlanta to build the program? You could, you know, find if if it's more like how the Buffalo Bills used to be. Hey, we need to hire a coach for different reasons other than football. That 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 might be the play. Coaching carousel conversation is a frustrating one for me because as a Bears guy, I know that all of these big name coaches are available and these guys think Matt Eberflus is the solution moving forward. Like, okay, mm-hmm. g- great guys. Awesome. W- well thought out plan. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. You're, you're probably Eberflus is, is better than Vrabel. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. Yeah, absolutely. Here, we're good. Some takes on tap before we get to Jay Binkley here in about 10, 15 minutes. You've heard the cliche necessity, the mother of invention. More often than not, it's actually true. For example, Let's look at the NFL having to move the Bills game from Sunday 1 o'clock to Monday at 4.30. Necessity. Wait a second. Why wouldn't you do this all the time? Why would the NFL not want a double header on Monday? Like, which time slot gets the better TV rating? Sunday at 1 in the afternoon or something that grazes into prime time? There's another benefit, too, here. It's the NFL punching the NBA in the gut again, taking their lunch money. Oh, Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. That's your day? I don't think so. Why don't you take that? Sticking to my previous take danger, even though the NFL says they won't schedule games on Christmas Day next season, which also used to be the NBA's day, uh, it falls on a Wednesday. I bet bet they do. I, I think that that might be a stretch just because of what it would do to teams preparation and their ability to recover for their following week's game. And it would just throw everything so out of whack with their, their well, following week. week it, well, it, it, the way you would do it is there's no difference between the Sunday to the Thursday, which happens every week. Well, you play those teams on a Saturday, Saturday to Wednesday, mm-hmm. same time difference. Now, why they probably won't do it is that would be like a little mini buy coming off that. I didn't know is the NBA. I mean, MLK, I want to say that there was maybe like, was there one or two games during the day for MLK and no, the wall NBA? No, wall It was wall to wall? Wall to wall. They always start at noon, and then they, they stagger like they want to make it a showcase. Yeah. I mean, I was and, watching the Sabres uh, beat up on an inferior opponent. Yeah, that was it was totally lost on me because of everything going on. And yeah. I, I, like, I left for the stadium like super early, and once you got past uh, Buffalo, like heading to Orchard Park, I'm like, oh, this is fine. It was like so... Yeah, just kind of hung around the stadium all day. Um, speaking of the NBA, look at this. The Indiana Pacers making a move, bringing in uh, Pascal Siakam. Now, Ooh. quietly here, the Pacers are becoming dangerous, but let's stop short of the talk that they're contenders for the Eastern Conference crown. Here's what they'll be able to do. Beat Milwaukee in the postseason. Hell, you've already done that a bunch of times already this season before you traded for Siakam. So I think this move is kind of insignificant. Plus, beating Milwaukee is still a low bar to clear, considering an eight seed did it just last year. Pacers are going to be a lot of fun here down the stretch, but they're not going to get by Philly. They're not going to get by Boston. They're your two Eastern Conference finalists. And we'll be able to listen to Giannis explain once again how his season was not a failure. Mm, I, I give the Pacers a threat there. No, I be, like yeah, no, no. I like. You think the Pacers can beat Boston? That's the team. You think like, the but, Pacers but, can beat Philly? Yes, they could beat Philly. They could beat Milwaukee. I, I I draw the line at Philly. I don't think they can beat Philly. I don't think they can beat Boston. I think they can beat Milwaukee and the Miami. Who knows? Miami's a wild yeah, card, like, right? Yeah, yeah. See <laughs> Jimmy Butler is recording country songs. Like, oh, okay, great. <laughs> Do, do you do you? That's it. You do you. Um, speaking of the NBA, 
Look, I tweeted this. I fell for this clip this morning. Danger. I saw this. I'm like, how did I not know about this? I watched this. I laughed out loud. And then I realized, well, this wasn't fake. This actually happened. But it was 12 years ago this uh. happened. Celtics playing the Nets. Garbage time. But this is so good. This Freeze is- coming from all over the place. And then everything that could go wrong, you know, foul, ball goes in, and one, stops the clock, turnover, turnover, miss free throws when you got fouled eventually. It was crazy. Could I make one point? Sure can. I just want to say that earlier, you had a very patronizing tone towards me. I fully understand what a slip screen is. I've been doing the NBA for 18 years. But the way you presented it initially was gobbledygook. So, like the audience, I wanted you to come back and explain yourself. And you then just took a firing line on me, and it was uncalled for. I don't think so That's exactly what happened. You are overly sensitive to I am not. Did you have a bad day today? <laughs> it's second game of a back-to-back. The it's ride back from Philly, tough. did it, like, disturb you well, last night? that was two hours with you which is probably the reason why I've had enough tonight. Time out. Wow. My good note. What was that? That's Ian Eagle. That's Ian Eagle and the czar, Mike Fratello. Yeah. Now, Mike Fratello's still doing basketball. He's on the Cavaliers radio network. And then you read up on that, and Ian Eagle says, no, that was that was totally a shtick. That was no, like, I don't know. Hmm. I would, that's shtick. Well, I appreciate Ian Eagle trying to dumb down what a slip screen is for the casual fan. Because let's face it, if you're watching on TV, you're a casual fan and you're probably not in, entirely versed on what a slip screen can be. So if Fratello is getting a little bit too uh, deep in the weeds there, I don't know that I, I would follow along. So I, I appreciate what Ian Eagle is trying to do there. Right. But then this isn't the conversation you have on air. Is no, it? no, no, no. I mean, unless like, he's just so <laughs> so fed up, fed up. That this, this conversation that's going to happen someday in the sports bar. You, this is why you have to listen because one day Gino is just going to be so tired of my s. I'm going to do it on a high school football game. I'm going to be like, <laughs> you know, my danger. I I know what a zone blitz is, and your patronizing tone yeah. to me, the audience doesn't appreciate I that. I know it's going to happen. I and sometimes maybe my, I have my default as a patronizing tone, so I apologize in advance for for that rant when it comes from Gino. It, it'll come. Gino will be the Iron Eagle to to my Mike uh, Fratello, and we'll, we'll we'll have that awkward, uncomfortable exchange. Hopefully, it's not in a high school football game. That's not the time nor the place. No. So this this has gone viral, and when it comes across your feed tonight, you're going to look at it, but if you look close, like, wait a second, the Nets don't wear those uniforms. Yeah. So wet, why, are, why are there New Jersey Devil logos on these empty seats? It's a, it's blowouts. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is that long ago yeah. this happened? You talk about a video that crossed your feed. I would like to showcase one that crossed my feed. I shared it just before we jumped on the air. You can follow uh, Gino at Gene Battaglia. I'm at AKA Mike Danger on Elon's Twitter. That's X. Um, I saw this video cross my feed and I'm mesmerized by it. I could probably watch it on a continuous loop for at least 24 hours and still not fully grasp how elite this video was inspired by this video. My non-sports take today. It's time for us, Gino, to up our squeegee game. Mm. You, You ever watch a window watcher, a window washer do their thing effortless 
swift, efficient, effective, can't disrespect their game. Now, I remember working the gas station model as a kid, total disaster, streaks everywhere, getting heckled by my buddies. It was a really tough look. You don't see too many gas station squeegees anymore. We can't have nice things. Thinking I'm going to carry one in the trunk, just bust it out after a solid wash. Got your wife or girlfriend in the car. They're impressed. One motion, no streaks. Squeegee mastery is underrated. Let's set a tone. Let's up our game in the squeegee world. So a couple thoughts. We're an elite squeegee season, right? Like if you're going to BJ's, you're going to go fill up. I know that it's disgusting whatever's in there but they don't have it anyway i can't find it really like most gas stations don't have that anymore we can't have nice things oh somebody was stealing driving away with well, the squeegee. that's the other thing too like you know when i was in school in new york and this is going way way back now the panhandlers are just rude okay they're just there waving at you and going up in queens when i would go see my buddy dennis like that's what they, they, would, they would just call them the squeegee guys. They would come up to your window yeah. with the squeegee and you'd have to be like, no, 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 I'm not tipping you. But that's how the panhandlers, some of them work way back when. So when I think of squeegee, like, yeah, those guys honing. Let me, let me right try to describe the video that I shared because it's unlike any it's squeegee work. Unlike anything I've ever seen before. It's on a floor. There's water on a floor. This guy's got two like big giant squeegees and he's pushing the water with the squeegees. Then he takes it and he's got, you know, one of those receptacles that you Mm. usually put trash in. He's got that thing on the floor. It opens it up. So instead of like a broom pushing trash into the receptacle, he takes the water with the squeegee and like, filters it into the receptacle and then dumps the receptacle, more water, squeegee, boom, like it is, I'm telling you, I saw it. I'm like, this guy is the Michael Jordan of squeegees hey he knows what he's doing with that tool better than anybody in the world i've never seen anything that remarkable and it just reminded me like we've got to up our game a little bit well let's just kind of widen the lens here a little bit because you were making the point of whatever it is you do this is how you're going to get better fold the laundry time yourself Mm -hmm. go for the personal best like this is how we get better you think the squeegee guy one day he thought you know what i could do this better he, he, how many times has he done that over and over and over again mm-hmm. to the point where yeah. who thought squeegeeing water would become this viral video it's that would just mesmerize innovative and creative top of his game i tip my cap to this guy i don't know where this it looks like a like a big box store like a, a costco or a bj's kind of place but he he works that thing and and i guess the closest thing i can come to it is i gotta wait until spring driveway driveway seal Get the, get the driveway seal and, and do the squeegee on the driveway seal. Satisfying. Got to up our game. Set a tone. See, that's where, again, where you and I differ. I pay somebody else rather than the deal with you that. pay somebody to paint your driveway black is what you do. I actually get the stuff, the mm-hmm. airport grade mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah, because like, I don't want to pay for danger. a new driveway. I'm like danger. Yeah, then how hard is that to clean up? Yeah. What clean up? I'm just gonna throw away my shoes. That's it. Yeah. Shoes get dirty, throw them away. It's not like I, I've got like, I don't know. How many pairs of busted up running shoes that have, have worn through that are just sitting around like, okay, those will be this year's driveway shoes. And then you wave bye-bye after you're done. Yeah. Got to up the squeegee game. All right. We, <laughs> we, transition we, from squeegees to the Kansas City Chiefs. Or specifically, our nemesis. <sighs> this is the guy we have to get by. Binkley. 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 Our Odyssey Sports sister station, 610 Sports in Kansas City. Jay Binkley next. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia. 
On 95.7 FM and AM 950, The Fan Rochester. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. A fan Rochester sports update. Bills had a walkthrough. Yes, they were able to get to the stadium today, but not on the field. Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, Gabe Davis, Balin Spector, and Sam Martin. In place of Sam Martin, Matt Hawk today signed to the practice squad. Josh Allen on that Kansas City defense. They do a good job with their, their rush patterns um, in their games within their D-line. So, again, it's something that we're, we've got to work on, and we got to make sure that we're prepared to handle what they can throw at us. But, you know, it's a, it's a really, really good group. And then you throw that in with the back end that they got. It's a pretty special defense, so we're going to have our hands full. Yeah, we will talk about that defense with our good friend, Jay Binkley, 610 Sports in Kansas City, coming up next year in the Sports Bar. Tonight's Sabre game has been postponed. Sabres and Chicago, due to the snowstorm, has been moved to tomorrow. Amherst hosts Lehigh Valley. Our coverage will begin at 7 o'clock. Gene Tagli the sports leader, the fan Rochester. They've raised the bar on Rochester Sports Talk. You're in the Sports Bar with Danger and Battaglia on the Sports Leader, 95.7 FM and AM 950 The Fan, Rochester. Jay, what was the general reaction to Chiefs fans a week ago tonight when they ended up trading up to the Bills to select Patrick Mahomes? Thank you, Buffalo. It's a relationship that's long and tenuous. Yet we always appreciate our friend Jay Binkley from our Odyssey Sports sister station, 610 Sports in Kansas City, when he stops into the sports bar and Jack reaching out to us at the Fan Rochester. I think you boys should invite Jay to Three Heads Brewing on Friday. Show him a quality craft brewery. And Jay knows the invite is always there. And you've always said, I want to come to Buffalo. I want to come to Rochester. Absolutely. Jay, how are you, buddy? It's good. I'm good, my friends. Good, my friends. Um, if I'm still your friend, I don't know if we've uh, lost our friendship through the years. But uh, no, I want to come to Rochester. It's a great town. Well, listen, uh, I, if you have airline miles, 
we can we can find you the hotel room. We've got to deal with somebody. It's a it's a I nice place. Yeah, you did, definitely, Jay. Although I don't know if this is the week that you or any other Chiefs fan might want to want to come into Western New York. I mean, is that getting anybody's <laughs> heads here? Um, look, for the players on the field, it's not going to matter. But you know, from where you sit here, what is your look? You went through the cold, but this is a different animal here. We've been dealing with. No, it's it's different. I mean, clearly, I mean, it's not been pleasant here. I mean, Kansas City's guys been hovering. I think it was it was less than uh, it was zero degrees or less, like for like a hundred straight hours or something like that. I mean, it's been it finally came above zero today with the wind chill. I mean, it's been pretty cold here, and there's been snow here as well. You know, three, four, five inches, something like that. It's nothing like Buffalo, nothing like that snow that you guys got there. Uh, I think it's cool. Uh, I, I love it when the Buffalo fans get out there and throw the snow in the air and all that. Although, are they going to refund those people for having to uh, plow out of their seats? Because that was a little crazy. Yeah, they have to. They they paid for that privilege. They paid for the privilege to trudge through waist high snowbanks yeah. uh, in Orchard Park. Jay, um, let, let's talk a little bit about the Chiefs uh, and their win on Saturday, uh, Saturday night in those frigid temperatures. You know, look, M- Miami is beat up, and you don't have to make a po- excuses or apologize for a win, but the way Kansas City handled Miami, the way they essentially dominated that game, it gives you a pause if you're a Bills fan knowing that that's the team that's coming to Orchard Park for Patrick Mahomes' first road playoff game. Yeah, I think the one thing for uh, and this really wasn't billed as that game, uh, number one offense against the number one two defense. Uh, They kept talking about Miami's defensive injuries and things like that, but they didn't really bring up the fact that it was the number one offense in the NFL going against the number two defense in the NFL and how the number two defense completely shut that Miami team down in Germany. The receivers couldn't do anything. Tua couldn't do anything. Tyreek Hill has now done uh, zero against the Chiefs for two games, even though he did get catches in both and had a touchdown in the last one. But he didn't make a difference in Germany and or Kansas City about how good that defense was. And it's a suffocating defense. And this defense doesn't get, I don't think, near the credit uh, nationally that deserves. It's the number two defense in total defense, the number two scoring defense, the number two defense in sacks in the NFL. They had 57 this year, and I get it. Buffalo had a lot of sacks as well, but 60 led the way with the Ravens. The Chiefs ended up with 57, which is two more than last year. They finished second in the NFL last year in sacks, and they do it again this year. But they're getting better, and they're fourth in the NFL against the pass. But this defense has been nasty, and this pass defense has been great for the Kansas City Chiefs. It's allowed them to win the games that they've had when the offense has struggled so much is because of how good this defense is. This truly is a defensive team. Yeah, Jay, if I'm just looking at the health for both teams, I mean, I think there's a clear difference. I mean, Kansas City, now there are some players that are banged up, but I see that Sky Moore designated return, and I don't know if Sky Moore has lived up to expectations this year, but that can't be a bad thing. But when you look at everything that the Bills are dealing with on the defensive side of the ball, is there optimism in Kansas City that you're catching this Bills defense at the right time? Yeah, I think there's some optimism. I think people want to see, uh, it, clearly people would rather see touchdowns, you know, instead of field goals in situations. But they've got a reliable field goal kicker that's been nails for them, uh, including four in that snow. But, yeah, it's not about getting Buffalo at the right time. They, they respect Buffalo, and they know how good uh, Buffalo can be. But I think they've been concerned about the offense getting on the same page. And a couple of weeks ago, against the Bengals, the Chiefs kind of simplified things and they kind of narrowed down who their cast of characters were. I kind of liken it to a bullpen in Major League Baseball whenever that 
you know, starts to shrink down. It took a while to do it, but finally did it when, you know, a manager sits in there and says, all right, who's your sixth inning guy? Who's your seventh inning guy? Who's your eighth inning guy? Ninth inning guys are only settled beforehand, but that, that those middle inning guys, the sixth, seventh, and eighth are so important. But they finally kind of started whittling that down, and the running game for the Chiefs has been outstanding with Isaiah, Isaiah Pacheco, and they've just been very physical, very physical on the offensive line and very physical on the defensive line. And I think they would trust that um, against the Buffalo defense. Yeah, I, I remember years ago, and this was always Peyton Manning's MO, like, oh, there's a weak corner. Well, I'm going to go pick, pick, pick. I, I'm just going to pick on the corner. My concern for the Buffalo Bills is this, and we don't know much about Christian Benford's status for this game, but of course they already lost Tredavious White. Um well, if Brazil Douglas isn't able to go, if Kyir Elam is on the field, has Patrick Mahomes in any game in his career, Jay, just gone after one player and one player alone? Because if Kyir Elam is on the field, I would think that would be kind of a good way to go. You know, not necessarily. He kind of, uh, you know, goes, but he he knows he knows when when players, you know, aren't like other players, and he'll go after them at different times, but. Uh, clearly looks for the open man and you know it's, he's kind of one of those guys that'll spray the ball all over the field but I think he is kind of cognizant of who's in the game and who isn't the one the one thing about this offense is you know this weather and defenses don't phase them it doesn't seem like they care who they're playing or where they're playing or what the temperature is um, they just go out and play and that's one thing about this team they're kind of mentally strong uh, when it comes to that kind of thing so I don't necessarily know they, they respect whoever Buffalo's going to throw in. It's an NFL player, so they know that. I want to go back to Pacheco because he was not on the field uh, a few weeks ago when the Bills and the Chiefs met each other, and so the Bills haven't really faced him, at least this season, don't have any memory or, or anything on him. What is a key? Is there a key to slowing down Isaiah Pacheco? Is that something that the Bills might be able to do, considering how effective Kansas City's run game has been here with him up back on the field? Yeah, he just runs so hard. I mean, I don't think there's anybody in the NFL that runs as hard as he does. He loves contact. He loves being physical. He loves taking a hit. He bounces right back up. He likes delivering hits. Uh, but he's important to this team, both in the passing game, uh, out of the backfield, and running the football, and kind of controlling that clock for Mahomes. You know, somebody he can rely on. They can turn around and doesn't have to worry about you know throwing the ball down the field all the time and give it to Isaiah Pacheco. And his blocking's gotten so much better in the backfield as well. But uh, he's, a, he's a key figure for the Chiefs. I, I look at uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, Rasheed Rice, the wide receiver, and then Isaiah Pacheco is the three main weapons uh, for the Chiefs offense that uh, need to be slowed down because he's going to rely heavily on all three as he's really amped it up here the last couple of weeks with those three. We're talking to Jay Binkley, 610 Sports in Kansas City, which you can hear inside the Odyssey app. Uh, Jay, I don't know if you knew this or not, yeah, this is the first road game yeah. for the Chiefs with Patrick Mahomes in the postseason. Yeah, yeah. You, you'll hear that like once or twice. Oh, Jay, like, is this a new challenge? I mean, like any no. profession, no. no, it's no. not. Nobody's sitting up more straight for this. No, it, you know what, guys? Here, here's the deal, man. I know people bring it up all the time, but I, I think people forget the Chiefs actually did play a postseason game on the road when they played the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl at <laughs> the Buccaneers' own stadium. Uh, something that never happened in the NFL. That's truly an NFL road game. You're playing a team in the Super Bowl at their home stadium. But regardless of that, all right, so Mahomes has played two more games on the road than at home, right? Two more on the road than at home. Oh, and by the way, they're 6-2 and two at, on the road this year. And they were 5-4 and four at home, so they're better on the road. Now, Mahomes has thrown the ball 36 more times in those two games on the road. 
but he's thrown the ball for 1,642 more yards on the road than at home in just two games, guys. In just two games. He has 119 touchdown passes on the road to just 100 at home. His quarterback rating at home is 99. His quarterback rating on the road is 107. So what I'm trying to say here is that Patrick Mahomes has excelled on the road more than he has at home, to be quite honest with you. And that's what I don't think a lot of people realize when they look at the numbers say, okay, how does the guy just have 36 more passing attempts, play two more games, have 1,642 more yards? It's because they like to spray the ball around on the road. But if you look at the Chiefs road splits the last couple of years, um, they've been a very good road team. And when you have an Andy Reid, when you have a defense like this, and and Patrick Mahomes and a team with a chip on their shoulder doesn't care where they're playing, I don't think it matters yeah. uh, if they're playing at home or the road. Because they don't mind. If they go stay in a team hotel and get away from things, I think it, it serves this team well, to be quite honest with you. Playing at Arrowhead doesn't matter. I mean, look at, the, look at this. Again, this year they're 6-2 and two on the road and 5-4 and four at home. The chip is the thing that you bring up that, that makes me nervous with Mahomes. Because last we saw him, uh, Kadarius Tony was offside, uh, and he was having a meltdown. No. And, Wait, time out. He's going to say he wasn't offside. That wasn't fair. Well, my point was going to be that, yeah, he that, was. that he was. He, you know, he it, was. it wasn't a good look for Mahomes. And we no, we've never seen him react that way. And I think that that probably still sinks. I mean, considering that that play would have been a monumental play, would have been one of the highlights of the season. It was called back because of that offsides and Mahomes reacting the way he reacted. Wasn't a great look, and now he carries that with him uh, to face off against sure. Josh on to face off against. I think there is a chip on his shoulder that goes beyond just the idea that this is a road game for for Patrick yeah. Mahomes. I think he was getting frustrated. I think he was getting frustrated with some of the calls, uh, you know, going the direction. And you know, everybody thinks the Chiefs get the calls. They clearly don't. Watch that MBS uh, getting mugged. Uh, down the field that wasn't called in Green Bay, and that was the difference in the game. And we've seen other guys. You know, Kadarius Tony was offside, but guys, we see that every week. We see it every, every week in the NFL. It's isolated. It's, it's brought to the Chiefs' attention every week. Every week, somebody's offside, and they don't call it. And they decided to call that in that situation, and he just got mad and flipped out about it, and he realizes he shouldn't have done it and acted that way and calmed down. But he's been very complimentary of Josh Allen after that game. Their friends in the offseason is very complimentary of him uh, this week when he talked about him. Chris Jones called Josh Allen a warrior, and um, it's tough to bring a warrior down. But they've been very complimentary of the Buffalo Bills. But I think the Chiefs, um, the outpouring is towards the officiating. And I hear it a lot, and I agree with them, because the officiating in the NFL is garbage. Um, These guys should be full-time officials. If they're going to have 23 million people watch a Peacock game, which was the highest rated streaming service game ever, didn't even matter if it was a game, it's the highest rated streaming game thing ever besides a game or anything was that Peacock game. 93 of the top 100 games last year in this country were NFL games on TV. 93 of the top 100. The Chiefs had 15 of the top 100 games. This league prints money. They're going to go play in Brazil. They're playing in Germany. They're playing elsewhere. For this league not to have full-time officials is a travesty, and it's a joke. Uh, Jay, is there a more complicated relationship, not just in sports, but maybe in life, than Reed and McDermott? I mean, McDermott's not in this league if it's not for Reed, but then Reed has to fire him. Buddy gives him a recommendation and a second chance, and McDermott's able to make something out of it, but now Reed kind of owns McDermott in the postseason up to this point. I'm just curious what 
what McDermott's reaction is going to be if they find like people want to vanquish the Chiefs here once and for all. And I would think that McDermott might want to. He's got his own demons when it comes to the uh, other guy on the other side of the field there. I can't think of a guy that kind of resurrected what he, who and what he is in one season like McDermott. I mean, you fire your offensive coordinator. It looked like things were going downhill. Um, again, the league, the league is one week, and then it's something else the next week. Like we talked about after the this team went to London, uh, or Buffalo Bills went to London. But, yeah, just to, just to be almost out of the playoffs and all of a sudden get the second seed. Um, Andy Reid, of course, was very complimentary of, of McDermott again today. Um I think the Chiefs respect what he's doing. I mean, you have to. I mean, they're the number two seed in the AFC. They got to respect that. But uh, can McDermott be the one? Can he be the one for the Chiefs? It's a big game, guys. I mean, if he wins this game, you kind of you know take that ghost of the past. All right, you're past the Kansas City Chiefs because the Chiefs had to get over the hurdle of the Patriots. That was the team they had to get over the hurdle of before they started the run. But if the Bills lose this game and the Chiefs make their sixth straight AFC title game, you know, all bets are off. You know, I know that the Ravens still loom large, and I do feel that the Ravens are the best team in the AFC right now. But um, all bets are off that the Chiefs get to the AFC title game for the sixth straight year. Jay, what's ailing Travis Kelsey? The drops are out of character. We're just not yeah. seeing. I know everybody's going to point to, hey, he's a year older. He's a year older. There may be some other distractions that we don't need to talk about. Sure. But his game isn't what it used to be. What we're used yeah. to seeing. What have you seen? Well, I think it's. Uh, I think he just slowed down a little bit. Just the age that's made a difference. But if you want to break down the numbers, um, he came sixteen yards shy of a thousand. Right. That would have been eight straight years of a thousand yards. Now he could have got it. He decided not to do it. His reasoning was he got it there. Andy Reid was going to play him like Chris Jones to get the, you know, to get the record and keep it going. They're probably going to throw it to him the first couple of times in the last game. He didn't play. He didn't play in the first game either. So it was two games this year. He didn't play, but he was only 36 yards shy of George Kittle for tight end leading yards in the NFL. So yes, he's had the drops, but he was only 36 yards shy of the, uh, of the uh, tight end lead. Uh, he still had 93 catches. Um, just getting over 80 catches. He's one of three human beings in NFL history, receiver or tight end to ever have 80 catches in eight straight years. Reggie Wayne, or excuse me, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, and Torrey Holt, Travis Kelsey, mm. those four ever. He sits only behind Jerry Rice in the postseason in yards, receptions and touchdowns. That's right. It's only Jerry Rice and he's only 11 receptions behind Jerry Rice in postseason catches. Wow. I mean, yeah, he only sits behind Jerry Rice. It's crazy to think that he's only behind Rice in the postseason, but he also averaged 65 yards a game, which was number one amongst NFL tight ends. So yes, he didn't live up to the potential. He said like the player that he's been uh, and the drops have been kind of uncharacteristic from him. Is he getting double teamed? Yes. But I felt he was getting double teamed a lot last year when, when Tyree kill left, but you know, age has really started to show up with him, but he's still been extremely productive. Um, and I think people, you know, say washed and everything like that, but it's hard to throw washed on a guy that's number two in tight end yardage with only 36 behind the leader. Anyway, played 14 games. Jay, every year we always get one road team in the divisional round. Danger, I both I agree. This is a fantastic weekend. Divisional round uh, is elite. One team from the road that always wins. I asked this question to Danger earlier. I, he'll give you his answer here in a little bit, but I'll just ask you, of the four road teams, which one is the most likely to win this weekend? Which road team is the one most likely to win 
this weekend. I, are we talking just AFC? Are we talking no, NFC? just talking? like you, you have Green Bay going into San Francisco. You have Tampa Bay going okay, into so Detroit. Yeah, we can include the NFC too. You know what? I I think Tampa Bay going into Detroit is interesting to me. I, I know that don't, a lot of people don't really care about the game, but Baker Mayfield is playing hot. At this moment right now in Detroit, are they going to be too excited about winning that first playoff game? They're in danger. I, I, I believe the Baltimore Ravens uh, will handle business, although C.J. Stroud is playing kind of out of his mind. And, of course, there's the Chiefs-Bills game, and I'd have to put the Chiefs you know, up there because they've been there and done that as kind of a, the lead team to do it. But if I was taking the Chiefs out of the equation, I'd say probably Tampa and Detroit. But I'll say this, guys, about the Ravens. They did something that no team has ever done in the NFL. They got the trifecta. They led the NFL in uh, points against, sacks, and uh, takeaways. That's never been done in the NFL. They beat eight teams this year with winning records by over 14 points. The most in the NFL had only been five games. A team had only won five games against winning teams by over 14 points. They did it eight times. Uh, they're getting Mark Andrews back. And I know Lamar Jackson's playoff record's one and three, but... Uh, that's that team uh, is a very, very, very scary team. It goes beyond that, Jay. I, I brought up this stat, and, and the, the you know football outsiders and Aaron Schatz by DVOA, Lamar Jackson is actually the worst quarterback in playoff yeah. history. I mean, that, for him yeah. to, to be able to reverse that curse, you need to get that win against Houston. And I, honestly, the way Houston's playing, the way CJ Stroud has looked, I know. I think that's a tough putt for for Baltimore, even at home. It could be. I just, I just see Baltimore getting through this first round. I, I see him getting to the AFC title game. I really love what Houston's doing. They're going to be a problem uh, for years to come. CJ Stroud's put himself there in the conversation as you know a top four, five quarterback in the AFC um, for years to come. And he'll get down to top three, top two. You never know. The, the sky's the limit with him. I just think maybe a year too soon for Houston. I think they're playing on house money at this point. And that defense in Baltimore is completely nasty. And the number one running game in the NFL that spells uh, in the number one takeaway team, that team, that team is just too loaded. Uh, yeah, they could slip up. Sure. It's the NFL. Anything can happen. You never know. But I think top to bottom, it is the best team in the playoffs. That includes San Francisco. Cause we saw what happened when they went on the road and played Frisco uh, a couple weeks ago. All right, Jay, I want you to admit this to the sports bar and to Western New York. Okay. Because if, if Kansas city, say Cincinnati were in this, you'd feel pretty gross. If you lost to the Bengals again, or, oh, or gosh, if it was yeah. New England, or God forbid it was the chargers or the Raiders. Say it out loud. You be okay for Bills fans. This is our time, Jay. Our yeah. time here. You'd be fine. It'd be disappointing for everybody in Kansas City, but at least we respect this fan base and go get them, guys. Yeah, we totally respect the Buffalo Bills. And yes, it would be worse losing to the Bengals. 100% it'd be worse than losing to the Bengals than the Buffalo Bills. There's a genuine amount of respect between the two. Yeah, the Chiefs want to beat them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, they're tired of hearing this can't win on the road, playoff games and stuff like this. Yeah, they're tired of that. But yeah, they would much rather lose to the Bills than the Bengals. Jay, we hope you have a great week. Look forward to talking to you again real soon. And um, well, we'll see how it all shakes out come Sunday night, man. Looking forward to it. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it, guys. It's kind of funny how this always happens, isn't it? We always say, hey, we'll talk to you later this year, but it always comes down to the Chiefs and Bills, right? It's kind of cool. Right now. We've got our, our new generation of uh, of Manning and Brady, and every now and then, Manning got one over on Brady, too, so we'll see how it all works out. What happens is you got to keep the window open, and the Chiefs have been able to keep that window open here the last couple of years with maybe not a Super Bowl-caliber team, but clearly they decided to build the defense, and they'll rebuild the offense at the draft this year. Jay, you're the best. Uh, let's uh, let's do this again next week, one way or another. Let's do it one way or the other, fellas. And it's always good talking to you every year, twice. <laughs> you got it, <laughs> Jay Binkley, <laughs> six ten sports in Kansas City, our Odyssey Sports sister station, stopping by the sports bar, giving us the latest out of the Chiefs camp. Uh, before we get to happy hour, we'll get over some of the uh, news and notes from the NFL. Did you see this note about Jim Irsay? Mm-hmm. So when there's a story, like we knew there was a story, like, wait a second, he's been out of the public eye here for a month now. And the Colts just put out some statement that he's battling a respiratory illness. Well, leave it to TMZ to find the real thing because they dug up the police report. Oh, boy. Uh, he was found unresponsive. I know that much. Yeah. Cold to the touch. Gasping for air. Blue in the face. This, according to the police report, this happened at 430 in the morning at uh, Irsay's home in Indianapolis um, back on December the 8th, and he was unconscious on the bathroom floor. So this happened on the bathroom floor, uh, constricted pupils, like all these signs of an overdose. And I could say that because, well, that's what's in the police report. Uh, The cop on the scene administered one dosage of Narcan Mm. until the paramedics arrived. So I don't know when or if... We'll see Jim Mercy back in the uh, public spotlight. Well, um, we'll hope uh, he's on the mend, whatever he's he's battling. Um, I, you know, the guy, he's not my, you know, look, NFL owners, pretty much all of them, like, I can't say any of them are my favorites. Like, no, they're, they're, like you say, they're aliens. They're, they're aliens. They're complete. They're speaking a foreign language, and they act like they're from a, a different planet, right? Uh, and Ursay is certainly top of that list with some of his antics and the way he talks and the way he deals with the media and the way he goes about his operation but it's his operation to run how he sees fit i just uh you know what i've always imagined he to be that guy who was a little bit wild a little bit unhinged and kind of lived a lifestyle uh, of excess and um if that report is true uh we, we know that the, the at least what we're seeing from the police report well, okay. But it all checks out. Well, the irony here is now real sports isn't on the air anymore, right? But one of the last features, it was the second from last show, where Andrea Kramer sat down with Jim Ursa and he talked about his addiction and how he's grateful to be recovered and blah, blah, blah. Well, uh, hoping he gets well. Uh, because you know what? It, at minimum, he's entertaining. It, you know, his quotes. Love to see it. Yeah, his Love quotes, to see it. Yeah. Uh, he's an he was the guy who went after Daniel Snyder. He was the only one that basically said, what the heck are we doing? This guy is bad for business. Yeah. Oh, we can't talk about one another in line here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, this report isn't really great for, for business in terms of the image of the NFL ownership. But you know what? It's... Uh, it's. It, I guess I'm not surprised by that police report. And now you just hope that the guy gets better. Uh, some tweets at the fan Rochester at AKA Mike Danger at Gene Battaglia mentioned earlier how uh, three heads 
will be our host, Three Heads Brewing on Atlantic Avenue, as we do another Friday football talk live coming up here this Friday. Get you ready for Bills and Chiefs. Three to six, good smoke barbecue on hand with great food mm. as well. Uh, but Brian taking shots at us earlier, one of our regulars, is showing up at Three Heads. He's going to be dressed as Bobby Valentine. He's going uh, to... We're not going like, to be able to like in uh, incognito yeah, there. that's right. Brian, like w- last time we saw him out, he was in the Chuck Muncie jersey. That's so right. that's, that's elite sports bar listening. Are right? we wearing the Muncie t-shirts on Friday? I think that'd be kind of cool. But then again, it's it's for the build. Maybe maybe I save that for draft night. Mm, does have a draft theme to it. Yeah. The Bills need a powerful, strong mm-hmm. running back like a Chuck Muncie. Yeah. Uh, have you worn that? Did you have to explain it to anybody? I, I washed it, and it's it's waiting. It's waiting in the wings. Okay. It's shelved and waiting in the wings. Phil tweeting, uh, I thought hot kicker talk was the best. Who knew 2024 would be the year of hot squeegee talk? Phil, I'm telling you, if you see the video, and, and Joe, Joe saw it on my feed, the accuracy of the squeegee to bucket transfer is hot. It is a move. That can't be described. You you watch it and it's mesmerizing, and it, it's a it's a call for all of us. Just be a little bit better. We got to up our squeegee game. Got to be more like this guy, the Michael Jordan of squeegee wielders. Appreciate you listening as always, Phil. We'll get to happy hour next in the sports bar. We'll get you the latest from Orchard Park. The Bills conducting a walkthrough today and an injury report to recap as well. You can join us at five eight five eight six six four F A N. Our phone number eight six six. Four three two six. You're listening to the Sports Bar with Danger and Bataglia on ninety five seven oh, yeah. FM and AM nine fifty. The Fan Rochester. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.